Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Well, good morning, Portico. Great to have you all here. Anybody know who this is? Oh, look at that. (laughs) They must be from Milton. I think you must be. (laughs) If you're joining us, Portico Online, welcome to our live stream today. You may not know this is Pastor Rick. He's our campus pastor out in Milton. We hijacked you before you even got out to the campus today. Every once in a while, it's nice to come back and see the little thing that goes on here. You should should come out to Milton one Sunday, though. There's a big production that happens out there. Big event taking place in Milton and... Well, we're glad that you could actually take a few moments to join us here. And the reason we're tag teaming is we're launching a brand new series going across all of our campuses called The Great Adventure. And it's something that we want all of us to be a part of as we get into the fall. Now, talking about Great Adventure, we just got back on the ground this week. We were over in Israel. And uh, now, how many of you were here last Sunday? Yeah. So Pastor, uh, Pastor Amitab did a fantastic job with the message, didn't he? How, however, <laughs> there were 11 of us watching online in Jerusalem. We were at the online campus. And we felt the bus go over <laughs> our bodies when he said, the handsome ones stayed back. <laughs> so that's why we're up here to refute that statement. But anyhow, thank you so much, Pastor Amitab. Great, great leadership while we were gone. And we had, a, we had an incredible time away. In fact, uh, we got some pictures and stuff. Do you want to jump Absolute right into that? Absolutely unbelievable experience. I had never had the opportunity to go before. I always tell him when he and Jeff or Joe have gone over to Israel, somebody has to do the work of making the church happen. So we've always stayed back and done all the work. But Amitab figured out it really only takes one person to do the job that the 11 of us do. So he, this time... We got to go, and <laughs> we got to go, and you know we experienced some absolutely unbelievable things. I wanted to take it all in. I would get up early in the morning and go for a run out on when we were at the Mediterranean, running on the beaches. When we were in the cities, running in running in the cities. I got to eat illegal fruit off of uh, what Pastor Heather was picking. She was picking all kinds of illegal fruit. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this. So I, I get up in the morning, and how many of you like to sleep in right until you absolutely need to get out of bed? Thank you. This is, like, this is our reality here. So I would get up in the morning, I'd go down and have breakfast, and Rick is coming in, and he's like sweating and tired, and he's been running, and I go, what are you doing? I like adventure. So he's on an adventure. He's out running on the beaches, and I'm going, we're in Israel. You don't run here, because that doesn't look well. If somebody I made good you, eye contact and was smiling and all around. <laughs> but it was great. We had a chance to really unpack a lot of things. In fact, we brought some pictures for you. Go to the side screen real quick. You have a look. This is us in Caesarea. So this is just north of Tel Aviv, and there were 11 other pastors from the church that had a chance. In the center in the white shirt, that was our guide, Shmulek. He was teaching and explaining a lot of the historic parts. This is where King Herod, of course, of built this ancient port. Incredible, incredible ruins. One of the highlights for me was when we were on the Sea of Galilee and just seeing how close the proximity of all the different towns that you would see Jesus doing 
uh, the ministry and we, uh, his, his ministry. And in that region was actually just a really small region, maybe 10, 15 kilometers around the, the one bend of the, uh, of the lake. And just getting, being able to visualize some of the stories that we had always read about in scriptures, but seeing when they would call him over from another town... He was just a couple of kilometers down the road. It's like walking to Starbucks and back. When it's they were like Uber. Him. Call yeah. Uber and get Jesus. Uh, there's a picture, actually, when you're talking about the Sea of yeah, Galilee. Yeah, we were. Uh, this is where there. I wanted to know if our pastors could walk on water. We're all on a boat. So <laughs> not sure what that tells you. There's another picture. This is uh, the next photo is us on top of Mount Arbel. This is where there was a, a revolt that took place when the, the Jews had revolted against the Romans. And there was a big showdown with Herod and his men, and so we had a chance to climb up. You see the Sea of Galilee in the background. We were able to visit a number of the structures that King Herod had built, and our guide was very knowledgeable in Herodian architecture, and one of the palaces we got to see, we have a picture there of Masada, and this was this desert fortress that was built, and there was three different levels on it, and this, this gave great context to when you hear the, hear the Israelites were out in the wilderness. It's 40 degrees there, there's nothing all around, and, and Herod's actually able to build this, this giant palace that was protective for him and for people for years to come. Then back in Jerusalem, we had a chance to visit, of course, many of the, the sites that you'd expect, but we went to the Western Wall Tunnels. I got a photo. This is a really privileged opportunity. The gentleman in the center, his name is Dr. Dan Bahat. He's a good friend of Pastor Joe Amaral. He's saying yes to Jesus. You know, that's a great yes. win for me. Anytime <laughs> I can, you know, see... No, I'm just kidding. He's uh, leading us. He's the premier archaeologist in Israel and had spent his life really excavating this area region. And here we are below ground. We're next to the Western Walls, the Wailing Wall, as it's often referred to. And we're getting this personal experience. Joe, thank you so much for making that available to us. He gets up and runs in the morning too, doesn't he? Yeah, there we go. See, that 79-year-old's getting up and running. Yeah, but Joe, <laughs> but Joe and I don't, and that's, <laughs> we're going to stay there. But he took us, and there's another picture here right away. Uh, this is down right up next. So here we are at the very foundation at the bedrock side of the western wall, down below the surface of the ground. And the excavations there, if you've never been to Israel, it's just worth going. It'll open up the scriptures. The reason we're showing you this is because this became for us a phenomenal great adventure opportunity. Now, we look at stuff like this, or you look at the images that we opened up the service with, and you go, I I just don't know if I could do that. Here's what I know. We default to being spectators more than participants. And what we do is we exclude ourselves from the opportunities that God wants to give to us. And everybody, whether you're listening online, any of our campuses right here in the main room, I believe in the ordinary moments of our life, God gives us these great opportunities. Rick, take us into our text. We're going to go into our key text this morning in Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. So if you have your Bibles, open up. If you're following along with our app, the the scriptures are in there. We're going to read Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. And here's a story of Jesus calling, calling some of his followers into this kind of adventure. And here's what it says. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. You know, interesting. How many have heard that story? Yeah. We hear it so often. We, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, just like we saw in the picture there. Here's what we missed. What Jesus did in that moment he's doing in your life right now. And the way to frame it, we'll put it in your notes, you can write it down this way. You were created for adventure. 
You were created to be a part of God's amazing adventure. We weren't designed to merely, as I said earlier, just to be spectators in this world. He calls us to be participants in it. In fact, it's so deeply embedded in us. When we go into the book of Ecclesiastes, here's what the writer said. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Right in our hearts, there's a sense of, I want something more than what I can experience right now on my own, by my own doing, and yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So James and John are by the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is walking along, and he throws this statement out. He said, come and follow me. Now stop there for a minute. They're engaged in their professions. These are fishermen. So they're working, and Jesus, this rabbi, comes along. He says, hey, come and follow me. And there's something inside. There's that creative design of God within us, that echo of eternity that goes, I want more from my life. And I think we all feel that, that we expect and desire to be engaged in something that's bigger than just the routine. You should pop by a few offices this week and say, just come follow me. Just leave work. Come and follow me. Yeah, yeah. Send me your address. (laughs) I'll I'll pop by and say, come follow me. Because apparently it takes one to lead the church. The rest of us (laughs) will go to Israel. So... There's, there's the story of Peter in Matthew 14, and, and Peter sees Jesus walking towards him. He's on the water in the Sea of Galilee, and Peter gets this, this sense stirring up with inside him, and he says, Lord, if that's you out there, tell me to come, and I'll come out on the water. Peter's starting to get this, recognizing that I want to follow Jesus, and there's something inside of me. When, when, when I have this opportunity, I'm going to risk something. Not many of us would step out onto the water even if we can swim. And he's there sitting, I'm going to follow Jesus. If I see him out there, just in, in, in the midst of, of a boat ride, just like the 11 of us were on this boat ride, he saw Jesus and said, if he's out there, I don't want to be in the boat anymore. I want to be out there on the water. So there's this area of our life that we want to challenge all of us through the fall. We will default to safety and comfort But I want to challenge you to move into this realm where you feel the pulse of the Spirit and an exciting adventure. And it can happen here in your job, in your neighborhood, or it can happen overseas. Rick Bob Goff did a video teaching, and this was at the Catalyst Conference. And he does a great little explanation of his own world of a moment that he got engaged in, which opened up this life to him that, the way he framed it, it's living on the edge of yikes. Let's watch. I, uh, four days ago, I was in Somalia. We went to uh, Mogadishu. And I'm like rounding up, I knew a total of zero people in Mogadishu. But we started this country torn by a civil war. There is no government. There is no police. There is, there's nothing, just a big civil war with 10 million mad people. And everybody's got guns. And I, and. We get to the, uh, the airport and we're like, you hire these guys with machine guns to protect you. And so there are six of them in this truck in front of you. And you're the guy in the van that's with the tinted windows behind them. Who does everybody aim for? I want to be in the Prius behind the guy in the tinted windows, right? So we're driving through these roads and it feels like a level of call of duty. I mean, it's like and somebody cuts in between us. And the guys with the machine guns. And that's how people like go missing, right? So the guys in the, with the machine guns start shooting. And I'm like, yikes! That's the only word I could come up with. <laughs> and the guy, in the, the guy in the, that was driving says, this is really bad. I mean, there's two things you don't want to hear in Somalia. 
this is really bad or I'm the captain now, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, yikes! But you know what, you guys? Isn't that where we want to live when you're following Jesus? Right on the edge of yikes. Because guys like me, he talks about me in scripture. He talks about guys like me, maybe some of you that are comfortable, right? And, and that's the deal. I've got a beautiful wife and a, a pickup truck and a house, and I'm living right in the middle of comfortable. And he says, Bob, live right on the edge of yikes. Because you know what? Then you'll actually need me. Like guys and, guys and gals that aren't comfortable, they actually need the Holy Spirit, right? The comforter. And that's so over my pay grade. But, but our job, get out on the edge of yikes. And you know what? If we're not on the edge of yikes, find someone who is and get out on the ledge with them. Go like double yikes. Go like, what do you do? And I, go, I don't know. Smallest piece on the chessboard, one step closer to Jesus. What does it take to live like that? How do you get to the place where you're forcing yourself to that edge. Anyone ever heard of endorphins? The things that get released inside of us when we're, when we're, they help to calm us when we're, when we're feeling good. Do you know how those things are, endorphins are released inside of us? It's when we get to the, this edge and when we need them. I want you to do some visual work with me, okay? Everybody close their eyes. We're at Canada's Wonderland, okay? You're on the, the tallest roller coaster, behemoth or something. You hear that clicking, right? Click, 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 click. You're going up the mountain. Click, 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 click. Anybody's hands getting sweaty. And click, 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 click. And then you get to the very top, and then that clicking stops, and it's just, you're going around the top, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, you go down, and your stomach drops. Okay, you can open your eyes. It's all right. We're not going to die. Nudge your neighbor, wake them up again. Some of them are like, okay, we're out. You know what happens when we get to, the, to these edges? There's endorphins that are released to help calm us, help excite us. But you know what's in that? It's, it's referred to as a natural morphine that's released. When we get to the edge, when we get to something that's exciting and scary, God designed us physiologically to have natural processes in our bodies that not only help us with these, these scary and adventure moments, but also calm us in those moments. But when we're sitting on the couch and we're just kind of watching the picture of the roller coaster, it's not present, it's not there. It's only when you get into these moments that these kind of systems kick in and God wired us up. He designed us to live life this way. That's a great illustration because I think we can all feel that. Did you feel your feet start to tingle when you get... Yeah, I see that. We just start getting nervous and we anticipate, but we know there's going to be an incredible joy that comes out of that. That's really the second point we want to share with you today is that you experience immense joy when you're fully engaged in your adventure. That if we move from being a spectator to a participant... The level of our joy and the engagement that we have goes through the roof, and we start to experience things that we would never, ever experience otherwise. You know, we were having a reflection moment when we were over in Israel, and we were just sharing what were some of the highlights of the day, what were the things that had impacted us, and everyone was going around, you know, because there were nine of us, or eight of us that had never been to Israel before. So many of us were sharing just brand new things that we had seen, and some of these guys had been a number of times, so... 
when we got to Pastor Doug's turn, he began to share a story of when we were at the Jordan River that day, and one of our staff members had said, yeah, I'd like to be baptized. So we went down, and we went down to the river, and we have a picture of, of it here, and it's a beautiful green color, and there's catfish swimming around in the Jordan River, and they're biting our toes, and that was enough adventure for me. I didn't get baptized, just having my toes <laughs> nibbled on. And, and so Doug begins to share about how this moment, baptizing not one of our staff, but what happened after that became one of the, one of the real reasons and one of the great adventure moments for your church. Yeah, it was, uh, we were there, and we wanted everybody on the team to be able to say, well, this is Yard and Eat, and this is a site where people will go. And if you've traveled, you recognize the site right away. And we'll take groups of people here, and if they want to be rebaptized, they want to do it, and they follow Jesus. And it's a great experience when you're in Israel. While we were baptizing one of our pastoral staff members, there were a couple of people that were in the water, and they were watching us. And they had been there, they arrived there, but they didn't have a pastor in their group. So they were watching this whole thing, and as our team got talking with them, we found out that they would like to be baptized, so we basically were pastors for hire for you know, a little moment there. <laughs> so we're making a little bit of money because we weren't working here in, in Portico. Turns out, one of the ladies, her name was Julie, I think we have a picture of her, she lives in Brampton, so she's going to be yeah. planting Portico Brampton in a few months. No, yes. <laughs> she actually, her name is Julia, and she was from Brampton, and she said, would you baptize me? And she was being re-baptized. She felt she wanted. Here's what really caught us, though. It's the next individual. This is a picture, if you go to the next one, this is a young guy by the name of Patrick who was born in Australia and is a new follower of Christ. He'd been raised with awareness of religion but never made a personal uh, faith decision. And he had made a faith decision. He joins a tour on which Julia was on the bus. The two of them end up at the Jordan River together, and here we are, and Patrick says, can you baptize me? I've never been baptized as a follower of Christ. And so here's a couple of pictures of him being baptized. We, we made sure he went under. We made sure we brought him back up again. And you just see, yeah, such a great experience. And this is what we discovered for us is this was an ordinary moment in which we had just gone as part of a tour. And God just sort of taps us in the middle of it and goes, no, 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 nothing's ever ordinary. There's a lady named Julia and there's a young man by the name of Patrick that I fully intended for him to be here on this day so that you could baptize him. Isn't that cool? That's how God works. Those kinds of stories are happening all the time in our midst if our eyes are open to that and if we look for the, the times when God can use us and God can use this Holy Spirit within us to really touch and change the life of somebody for eternity. And when we were getting ready for this morning, we said, you know, this is a great morning that we could share the story that very similar to this one that's been, that's been going on. So I want you to welcome to the stage with me this morning. Debbie Murphy is going to come, and we're, she's going to get a chance to share her story about what's been happening in her life. So come on up, Debbie. Let's why give you a big hand Debbie. to Debbie this morning. So as Debbie makes her way over here, come and join us in the middle. Uh, a few weeks ago, Debbie works with our hospitality team, and she'll be working with connecting people at the back. And I was in the atrium cafe, and if you're visiting today for the first time, and you haven't stopped at the Atrium Cafe right after the service, that's where we go back and we meet our guests. And I was in the Atrium Cafe, and I had met a lady in the cafe who was new to Portico and had shared with me a little bit of her background that she had never been to a Christian church before and was really curious about a Christian church, and that's why she was here. Now, I didn't know you were in the story. You didn't know that I was in the story. Debbie comes over to me, and she said, Pastor Doug, did you meet? And she mentions the lady's name. And I said, I did. 
well, let me tell you the story. And I thought, well, I'm not going to tell the story. Debbie, <laughs> tell me the story. So what happened a few weeks ago? Yes. So um, as um, I shared earlier, I met this young lady. Well, I was, I was actually out of jo a job for a while and had applied for this job at mm -hmm. a department store. And for quite a while, they never called me. Well, like, I realized later it's all about God's timing. That's why they didn't call me. But anyway, not too long after my old company called me back on a contract position, I got a call from them to come in for an interview. So I went for the interview, and um, they hired me. And then she was trying to decide where she's going to put me to work. And then she looked at me, and she says, okay, I'm going to put you in jewelry since you're a fashionable person. Right there, see? <laughs> So <laughs> she puts me in jewelry, and um, I met this young lady in the jewelry department who had also been hired not very long. So we connected, we would chat, and you know, and then I shared with her that I'm a Christian, you know. And so one day she said to me, you know, I've been trying to have a baby for a very long time, and it's not happening. And she says, I've heard that, you know, the God answers the prayers of the Christians. So would you pray for me? So I said, definitely, I'll pray for you, though I cannot guarantee that God is going to answer the prayer that way. If it's God's will, it will happen, but I'll pray for you. So, Debbie, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't want anybody to miss this. So when Debbie accepts this position, which was a delayed opportunity, mm -hmm. but you accepted the position, you befriended this lady, you let her know that you are a follower of Jesus, a Christian, and as she got comfortable with you, even though she's not a believer, mm -hmm. she asked you to pray for her because she had heard that the God of the Christians answers prayer. Yes. That's how this adventure works in the mm -hmm. ordinary moments. Now, it just gets better from there. So yeah. anyhow, you had given her a good <laughs> so, explanation. Yeah, so I did. And as I said, it was God's will happen. And then I said, so why don't you come to church? I invited her. And then she says to me, I, I can't come. And then she says, but I have a sister who is here visiting from Iran um, she'd like to come. So I said, why don't you give me her number? And, 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 you know, will she exchange numbers? So she gave me her sister's number, and I gave her my number. I said, give it to your sister. And so even before I could call the sister, the sister calls me. And she's like, oh, you know, Deborah, because they call me by my official name, Deborah. <laughs> and she says, um, you know, I'd like to come to church with you yeah. and all that stuff. And I said, awesome. And I said, I'll pick you up, you know. And then she says, I'll come the next Sunday. And we made arrangements that I was going to be picking her up at a certain location, mm -hmm. which I did. And she comes to Portico for the very first time, coming to a Christian church for the very first time, pretty much interacting with Christians for the very first time. And, of course, she's just so thrilled. She has all these questions, all of these questions that she says been bubbling in her for all of these years about the Christian faith, yeah. but having been grown up in a Muslim faith, of course, there's nobody to ask these questions. And of course, it also it's dangerous to convert from a Muslim to being a Christian in Iran. So all of this year, she's been thirsting, and then God is making preparations to get her thirst quenched. So, you know, I've come to realize it's all about timing. It is. You know, timing. God's so when timing. you introduced, uh, we got the connection going on the Sunday, one of the things was she speaks very good English, but the comprehension. Sometimes if you can speak in your own language, you comprehend mm -hmm. much quicker. Yes. And so she had asked me, you know, do, do we have somebody that could help her with that? Yes. So, of course, as I said, she had a lot of questions, some of which I couldn't answer. And 
I refer to Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doug is busy, you know, running with the three services. And then she says, you know, can, can you find me someone who speaks my language, the Farsi language? And I, I asked Pastor Doug, can you find someone who speaks the language? Because she has all these questions. And then Pastor Doug said, well, you know, she has to wait on Tuesday morning because I do know someone, but I don't have the number. The office is closed, you know, on Tuesday morning, we'll, we'll find someone and we'll, we'll connect her. And she's like, no, she wants her questions answered now, like all of these questions. <laughs> and so I actually came to the second service and the second service finished and the third came and I'm standing chatting, we're at the counter and then Sammy joins the conversation and all that and, you know, we're chatting and then, you know, we're still hoping to find someone who speaks the Farsi language. So we started, and with two ladies coming in, and we thought they were Arabic, because Sami said something. And they said, no, we're from Iran. We speak mm. a language. <laughs> and immediately they connected. Yeah. And, you know, it turned out to be Simin. And she started sharing with her about her faith journey in the Lord, how she too was a Muslim, became a Christian, and she's sharing with her, and you can see the brokenness in her and the weeping, and she's just so excited to be, you know, part of the whole thing. And um, then she wants to be baptized. You know, she just wants to get into... So let, let me back up, though, yeah. because so she's learning, she's mm-hmm. talking, but remember on the Tuesday, Yes. so she... Yeah. She hadn't quite made a decision yet, mm-hmm. but wants to come out on a Tuesday. Yes, so then she, yeah, so the following Tuesday, actually, I was out, and the phone rings, and she's like, oh, Deborah, are you coming to church this evening? And I said, church? I said, there's nothing happening on a Tuesday evening. She's like, yeah, there's church on Tuesdays. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't come this evening because I'm, I'm busy, but I'll find out what's happening on a Tuesday, and I'll come. So it turns out that there's intercessory prayer going on on a Tuesday evening. And trust me, Mary Lou is doing an awesome job with that, for those of you who are not aware. And so we came on the Tuesday night, and um, she's there, and she's so diligent and so faithful, and she's sitting, and she's just so intent. And uh, Mary Lou, you know, shared that night that God laid on her heart to go in a different direction. So Mary Lou is asking all these questions about, you know, the Christian faith and how do you know you're Christian and all of these questions are leading to, you know, helping somebody understand how to become a Christian. And she's just sitting, she's just so intent. And then Mary Lou walks up to her and like this, and she lays her hands on her shoulder and she says, you know, I'm just looking at you and you just look so thirsty, like you just want to have relationship with Jesus would you like to accept Jesus into your life? And she says, yes, I do. I want to accept Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. And also what she shared with me was after Mary Lou laid her hands, and Mary Lou prayed a beautiful prayer, led her to the Lord, and she also shared with me that she had this really bad pain in her shoulders, that mm-hmm. after Mary Lou had prayed for her, she was instantly healed. That's good. So, Isn't that great? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So in... In that journey, this is just, and what I wanted to show is how God uses us in our ordinary parts of adventure. Now, there's a more to the story we're going to tell that story as we go on, but I wanted you to be here today so that people could understand that Deborah, we'll call you officially, <laughs> that as you were open to be used by God, God uses us to transform people's lives. And so we're, we'll tell more of that story, but would you give a big hand to Deborah today and thank you for sharing with us. There is no greater adventure 
then when we get to participate in the highest calling, which Christ called us to, to go and to make disciples in all the world. You know, Peter walks on water. Peter was there for so many of the miracles, so many of the teachings of Jesus. But the highlight of Peter's work and Peter's life comes right out of Acts 2, 40 and 41, where he stands in front of his friends, he stands in front of his colleagues and his countrymen, and he begins to share with them the message of Jesus. And this should be our, inspire, our inspiring moment to participate in adventure. And here's what it says. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Do you believe that if you listen for the voice of the Spirit and you watch for the opportunity at your work, in your neighborhood, in your family, do you believe that there are still thousands of people who need to hear this message of Jesus? I believe that we have this opportunity and we need to set, a, set our minds dedicated this fall to begin to look for the opportunities to be engaged on mission, engaged in participating with what Christ has called us to do. So I'm going to invite you to please stand and our team is going to lead us in a response this morning. We're going to say, Lord, it's your love that awakens me to the mission that you've called us to participate on in this great adventure. You know, there are some of us in this room who would disqualify ourselves from participating in this. We would say, you know what? I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not fashionable like Deborah. I don't have the ability to participate in this mission. Don't let anything disqualify you from participating in this this fall. Don't let a fear, don't let any kind of failure. If you go through the life of Peter, you can see this is a guy that had fears and had failures all over the map, but he steps up on that day and 3,000 people's lives were changed. And in fact, the church went forward because he said, I'm going to put more trust in what God can do through me than what I can do through myself. And you know, God regularly calls us to moments and to things that we couldn't do on our own. And that's what makes it truly unbelievable. If we could do it on our own, then we're really not stepping out into faith, are we? It's only when we're stepping out into a place where we can't do it and God qualifies us and says, I'm calling you to participate in this. I've been reading a resource, uh, a book that came out of GLS called Divine Direction by Craig Groeschel. And he, he quotes this. He says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And we lose ourselves in the service of our Lord. I don't want to be a consumer that comes to a church and watches a service and just walks away. I want to be part of a church that goes out into the world and changes the community and changes lives. I want to be part of something where Jesus is regularly stepping into people's lives and saying, you know, what once felt like death and a dead end now feels like life and now feels like forever. I want to be a part of that. Don't you want to be a part of that? Yeah, amen. I, this is what we're going to participate in this fall. So on our Sunday teaching series, in our growth groups, on Tuesday nights with Pastor Joe, and when we're serving in the church, we're going to do this. And after the service today, we're going to go into the gym, go have a coffee first, but then stop at one of the tables. If you're not actively serving in a ministry somewhere, if you're not involved in a growth group, if you're not finding some place where you can be positioned to hear the voice of the Spirit that says, here's one place where you can go. Here's one person I want you to invite in. Here's one way that I can, be, that I can use you to change a life. You're missing out on the greatest adventure that we were designed for, that we were called to. So go into the gym afterwards. All our ministry teams and leads are set up there. They're ready to receive you. And have one conversation before you leave today. In Matthew 4.20, we read this at the beginning. The disciples at once... When they heard this call, they left their nets 
and they followed him. You know, you may need to let drop something. Many of us are busy. They left their job. Many of us have other focuses. They left everything that had been important and said, there is nothing that is greater than participating in this adventure. What would it look like for you to be fully engaged on mission with the church, with your Lord and Savior this fall? Make sure that you spend some time in the gym afterwards or, or spend some time this week just writing and journaling and reflecting, Lord, where can I be involved? So my prayer for you today is that God would put you in the place of extraordinary adventure, that you would not stay in the comfortable and stay in the safe, but you'll step out. And it may be something as simple as listening to the voice of the Spirit that says, I just want you to take that job and befriend somebody. And in that moment, God is going to change somebody else's course of destiny. Let's pray together. Father, what an amazing day. We marvel over and over and over at how you use the ordinary rhythms of life to bring people back into relationship with you. And then I pray for those that are here today and in all of our campuses, Jesus, may we be alive with your spirit in us, open to the opportunities that seem ordinary, but you'll use them so that many will hear the truth of who you are. And we pray it in Christ's name. And everybody said?